0: I'm <laughs> Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina and I am bringing you today's word for June 16th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Faith and Patience, the Wonder Twins. This is part 44 of the overall series and the title of today's message is Making Progress While you wait, you are believing God. You're waiting on the manifestation of God's promise. You are waiting to see what God said. But while you wait, you should be making progress. I'm talking about making progress while you wait. Let's talk about it. James 1, 2 through 4, foundational scripture. The Bible says, my fellow believers. When it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, you should see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up within you the power to endure all things. And then as this patient endurance grows inside of you stronger and stronger and stronger, it develops you to the point where there is nothing missing and nothing lacking in your life. You are grown up. You can stand and having done all to stand. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says that there's a time and a season for everything. And guess what? Everything is going to happen in your life at just the right time. And now Genesis 42, we studied Genesis 41 for a long time. And f- finally today, we're going to cross over to Genesis chapter 42, and I'm going to read for you verses one through eight, Genesis 42, one through eight, and then we'll get into it. So in Genesis chapter 42, the Bible says, during the famine in Canaan, Jacob learned that there was food in Egypt. So he said to his sons, Hey, listen, come here, guys. They was like, yes, sir. Why are you sitting here doing nothing? (laughs) I've heard that there's grain for sale in Egypt. So go to Egypt and and buy some food so we don't die. So 10 of Joseph's brothers went to Egypt to buy grain. Jacob did not send Benjamin. Benjamin was Joseph's only full brother. And Jacob was afraid that something bad might happen to Benjamin. So the famine was very bad in Canaan Canaan, to the point where people of Canaan was like, we got to go to Egypt to buy food. Among them were the sons of Israel. Joseph was the governor of Egypt at the at the time, the prime minister. So he was the one that was checking people in as they came in from all over the area to buy grain. And so Joseph's brothers came and they actually bowed down before him. Joseph saw his brothers and he recognized them, but he acted like he didn't even know them. And actually he was a little bit rude, the Bible says to them. And he was like, hey, where did you guys come from? And it was like, well, we... We've come from the land of Canaan to buy food. And then verse 8 says, Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. They didn't know who he was. And so what does this mean to you today? You're like, Rick, that's a good story, but what does that have to do with me? Okay, well, I have three things to share with you in this morning. It has a lot to do with you. I have three things to share with you in this morning. As I get into these three things, what I want you to do now, excuse me, (coughs) excuse me. What I want you to do now is open up your heart to receive. Rid yourself of all distractions. I have three things to share with you. Number one, here we go. Don't live in the pain of your past. Please don't do that. Do not live in the pain of your past. I'm talking about making progress while you're waiting on God. I'm talking about progressing. Progressive into the man the woman that God has called you to be and you will never lay hold of what God has for you next if you're holding on to your past so don't live in the pain of your past Joseph had 12 boys by four women but the the woman that he really loved was Rachel I mean he he loved Rachel he he and I've told you this story before so I'm not going to get too deep into that but he loved Rachel and Rachel was the mother of Joseph and also the mother of Benjamin and Rachel died while she was giving birth to Benjamin. And so so this crushed, you know, Jacob. Jacob lost the woman of his, of his life when, when Benjamin was born and his wife died, right? And so this left to him now, of, of her anyway, those two boys, Joseph and Benjamin. And because Joseph was the firstborn of the woman that he really loved, this is why he favored Joseph so much. This is why he gave him the coat of many colors and all of that. But if you really... Read the Bible and you kind of look at Jacob. It doesn't seem like Jacob ever fully recovered, at least not initially, um, from the death of Rachel and also then from the loss of Joseph. Because after Rachel died, right, and then Joseph was a teenager when Joseph's brothers, 10 of them, not Benjamin, but 10 of them came with the coat of many colors. They dipped it in blood and they covered it and they lied to their father. And it was like, hey, uh, uh, I guess I guess Joseph died. He must have got eaten up by some wild animals or something. Here's the coat the coat that you gave him that we don't like anyway. And here's this coat and it's covered by blood. And so he was already crushed by the fact that Rachel died. And then he was crushed by the fact that Joseph in his mind was dead. And then, so now he sends 10 of his 11 boys. Fast forward 20 years after that, he sends 10 of his 11 boys to Egypt to buy food. But you know who he didn't send? He didn't send Benjamin. He kept Benjamin at home. Now he didn't, keep Benjamin at home because he needed somebody to work around the house. He did not keep Benjamin at home because he needed somebody to watch the sheep. He did not keep Benjamin at home because they were working on a major project. Like, you know, they were replacing the roof or something. No. He kept he kept Joseph, I mean, Benjamin at home. The Bible says because he was afraid because he did not want to lose his son. I mean, this is the grandson of Abraham, the father of faith. This is the man, Jacob, who later became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, but this man was afraid. He was afraid. He was living in the pain of his past, and he had been holding on to this pain for about 20 years. So let me just say something about this. Fear is an incapacitating force. I've taught on this many times. Fear will keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Jacob was a man of faith, but he was also a man that had to deal with fear, and we all have... To have to deal with that. Fear is a perverted form of faith. F- faith is your expre- uh, an expression of your confidence in God and what he said. And then fear is an expression of your confidence in, in Satan and what he said. I'll give you an example and then I'll close out this point. Let's say, for example, the word says that God will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And so that means that you're going to be shielded and protected from all harm. Uh, but then the enemy says, don't go outside or don't send your, your kids outside is dangerous. Like I grew up in a dangerous neighborhood. It's dangerous out there. Now you have two words. You have a word from God and a word from the enemy. And whichever word you express confidence in is going to be the word that impacts your life. And so if you express confidence in the word from God, that's called faith. If you express confidence in the word from the enemy, that's called fear. And fear is going to incapacitate you, whereas faith is going to empower you. So as a born again believer, we are called and commanded to walk and live by faith. And not to live by fear. And I've taught on this many times fear has no power over you. So please do not allow the pain of your past to keep you in your past. Don't nurse and rehearse painful situations over and over again. Because if you relive painful memories, <coughs> you're actually going to relive it. Like while you're, you're reliving a painful memory, you're going to feel those emotions over and over again. And it's going to be hard for you to move forward. I think that that's what happened to Jacob. You have to let go in order to lay hold of what's next. I'm talking about making progress while you're waiting on God. Number two, here's a question for you today. Look at me, let me ask you this question. I don't know how long you've been walking with God. I've been walking with God now for for 25 years. So my question is, are you different than you were in the past? Like, I mean, are you different? Like, You've been walking with God for X amount of years. Are you different today than you were, let's say, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago? Jacob held on to Benjamin because he was afraid. He sends 10 of the boys over to Egypt to buy food. And and by this point, Joseph, his plan is in full swing. The plan that he got from God is working. He's overseeing the plan. They're selling grain. Egypt is prospering. God is causing Egypt to prosper in the middle of a famine. Egypt was prepared when nobody else was prepared. Joseph was blessed he had on the the best clothes right he was the prime minister of egypt uh he had he had a, a, a a security detail. I mean, this man, he was the man in Egypt. All of these people are coming. He's overseeing the project and his brothers show up and they don't recognize him. He recognizes them. And he says, where do you come from? He starts to mess with them. And they said, well, we came from Canaan to buy food. And the Bible says that Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Let me just say something about this. Joseph was unrecognizable to them. Now, let me just now, from a, from a mental health perspective or, or, or a mental professional perspective, a psychologist could say, well, maybe they could attribute this to, to mental blindness. This is a condition where the mind just blocks out the possibility of something, therefore visually blinding you to its presence even when it's right in front of you, meaning that maybe psychologically his brothers thought that he was dead. They, they sold them off as a slave 20 years earlier. So there's no way that they would have ever imagined that that was Joseph. Right, so so mental. So one can make the argument that this was mental blindness that they had blocked out, so they couldn't recognize that that was Joseph because they would have never believed that Joseph would be in that position. Okay, maybe that's one aspect of it. So a super spiritual person, because I'm sure you've met super spiritual people where everything is a spirit or something. A super spiritual person would would say, "Oh no, God blinded their eyes," where the Bible doesn't say that at all. Uh, what I think here's what I think. I think Joseph looked different. That's what I think. I, I think he looked like an Egyptian. I think he was dressed like an Egyptian. I think he had a, a security detail. He had on the finest clothes. And his brothers would have never thought in a, in a million years that that Joseph would wind up as the prime minister of Egypt. And when they sold him off as a slave, when they threw him in a pit, and when they, when they sold him off and, and they take the coat and dip it in the blood, they would have never thought in a thousand years that that would have been Joseph. But when you walk with God, there's no limit to what God can do in your life. So Let me just say this about that. It's been a long time since I've been back to my old block. I grew up on New Jersey and Sutter, uh, Sutter Avenue, New Jersey Avenue. This was my block, my corner. right? It's been uh, in East New York, Brooklyn. It's been a long time since I've been back to that block. Actually, about three years ago, I took my kids by there. My wife didn't even get out of the car. She was, I, I got out and I took a picture of, of my old building on 668 Sutter Avenue and uh, and I took a, a selfie in front of it. My wife had locked the, the, <laughs> the doors and it's still a bad neighborhood. And she was like, hurry up. And I got in the car. She was like, I hope you got out whatever you needed to get out because we're not coming back here. But through the years, uh, it's been over th- you know 30 years since I left there. And through the years, I would go back from time to time and go back to the old block. And when I went back to the old block, sadly, I saw a lot of the same people sitting on the same corner doing the same thing which is nothing and i would talk to them and initially they wouldn't recognize me and i had to like introduce myself to them and they would be like oh oh man that's yay what's going on but i i was unrecognizable to them and i think i looked I, I don't like you know but the thing is that i'm different and so what i'm saying is that you're supposed to look different like there should be a level of progress you shouldn't be who you were you know 20 years ago 15 years ago Five years ago, if you're, the, if, I know that you're the same person in a physical sense, but I'm saying that you should not be the same person spiritually, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. You should progress. We serve a God of progression and not a God of regression. As a born again believer you have to progress. You, you should be moving forward. You should not be stuck in the same place. Joseph looked different. I don't mean just from a physical sense, but he was different. He had been through a lot of stuff in 20 years, and, and the, the, all that stuff that he had been through had had made him who he was. He was not the same person anymore. You should not be the same person anymore. When I run into people who knew me in my BC days, my before Christ days, and, and we talk about it like, you know, man, I was straight out of Brooklyn when I joined the army, and, and, and people that knew me in my my BC days and they see me now, they go, whoa, man, who would have thunk it? Like, you know, who would have ever imagined? And we laugh about it. We joke about it. We have a good laugh and all of that because the point is I'm not that person. I am not that man. I am not who I was when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. We all grow. We're supposed to develop. I'm telling you that greater is coming and I'm going to keep telling you that greater is coming. But while you're waiting on the greater, you have to You have to progress. You have to evolve. You have to develop. You have to become the the man, the woman that God has called you to be. You should be ever changing. You should be ever growing. You should never remain stagnant. There is no retirement plan for the believer. While While there's air still flowing in your lungs, while there's blood still flowing through your veins, then God is not through with you. The fact that you're on this planet is because you still have purpose locked up inside of you. So you should listen, live every day on purpose and with a purpose, and you should always be grateful always be evolving, always be developing. Say amen to that. Number three, and finally, my last point for today is because is, I'm going back to the big thing that you're waiting on, but here's my question. Final question. Are you progressing while you're waiting? Are you progressing while you're waiting? I'm talking about believing God for something big. I'm talking about believing God for holding on long enough until you see what he said, like Joseph, like Joseph waited For the dream, he was believing God for the dream. As a born again believer, you should be living by faith, and 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 you're going to be believing God for those major things. And there will be seasons where you're believing God for a major thing, right? And then that major thing happens, and then God will give you another major thing, and then you're believing God for that major thing, and then. You know, 10 years, 15 years go by, and that major thing happened. And then you're believing God for another major thing. But while you're waiting and while you're believing God in these segments and times and seasons and levels and stages, while you're believing God for these major things, guess what? There's a lot of things that are not major things that that you should be doing every day. So every day, you got to win those little victories because it's the little victories that are going to take you to the major victories. You got to make the most of your today while you're waiting on your tomorrow, while you wait on the major thing. While you're waiting, you you need to go through every door that God opens for you and make the most of every opportunity that God puts in front of you. Your success is not going to happen overnight. The key to your major success is the, the little successes that you experience every day. The discipline of your daily routine is what will prepare you for the manifestation of the promise. So when that day comes and the major thing comes, you will be ready. Why? Because you made the most of every day. I'm telling you, let me just get personal as I close. Let me get personal for a minute. I'm preaching to myself in this series. And I'm look, I'm waiting on a major thing. I'm waiting on something in my life that I've been waiting on for years. And I'm still believing God that it's going to happen. And I know that it's going to happen. And I know that it's just a matter of time. But, but since God's timing has not come, I cannot put my life on hold. Listen, the major thing may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen for a year. It may not happen for two years. And so while you're waiting, you can't put your life on hold. You have to make the most of your today while you're waiting on that day, right? You have to make the most of every day. You Joseph did not put his life on hold. I stopped at verse 8 today. In verse 9, the Bible says Joseph remembered the dream. But watch this. While he was waiting on the dream, he didn't put his life on hold. He made the most of the Potiphar phase. He made the most of the prison phase. He was making the most of the palace phase while he was waiting on the dream to come to pass. Stop putting your life on hold. You got to make the most of your today while you're waiting on your tomorrow. You have to make progress while you're waiting on God for the big thing. You got it? Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, you are a God of progression and not regression or stagnation. I declare by faith that next year at this time, I will not be where I am today. I will be better. I will be bigger in the spirit. My faith will be stronger. Every year I progress spiritually. And this spiritual progression promotes progress in every area of my life. Because I am progressing spiritually, I am also progressing mentally, emotionally, socially, and financially. I am so blessed (laughs) that people from my past may not initially recognize me. Why? Because your blessing on me is outwardly evident. I am continually being changed and I still believe that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, look at me. You want these notes, don't you? Go to todaysword.org. There's a big red subscribe button. Click on it. Put in your email address there. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I want you to progress. I want you to make the most of your today. Stop putting your life on hold. It's going to happen. If God said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But you got to make the most of your today while you're waiting on your tomorrow. If you're watching on Facebook Live or YouTube Live, leave me some comments in the chat, and then do me a favor as I release you into this day. Share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you, and God loves you more. This might be a message you need to watch again just to stay encouraged. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't waste a day. Life is passing you by. Make the most of your today while you're waiting on your tomorrow. I love you, and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.